Welcome to another episode of the ASMR University Podcast. I'm Dr. Craig Richard, and this podcast explores the history, the art, and the science of autonomous sensory meridian response. If you have any questions or feedback, my email is asmruniversity at gmail.com or you can use the comment box at my website, asmruniversity.com. Before I proceed to the topic of this episode, I want to thank the iTunes user, Coffee Cubes, for writing a recent review in the U.S. iTunes store. Here is what this listener wrote. A. Plus plus. Such an interesting podcast, and your voice gave me ASMR. Thanks. Well, thank you, Coffee Cubes, for that wonderful review, and I definitely appreciate the time you took to write that. And now to today's topic, which is the third peer reviewed research publication about ASMR. The paper is titled An Examination of Personality Traits Associated with Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, and it was published in the journal Frontiers in Psychology on February 23, 2017. The authors are Beverly Fredborg, Jim Clark, and Stephen Smith from the University of Winnipeg in Manitoba, Canada. You may recognize the names of Beverly Fredborg and Stephen Smith because they were two of the authors who published the second peer-reviewed paper about ASMR, and I highlighted that published study in the prior podcast episode. Now, that prior study utilized fMRI to investigate biological differences between the brains of individuals who experience ASMR and the brains of individuals who do not experience ASMR. Now, this newer study, which I'll be talking about in this episode, utilize surveys to investigate personality differences between 290 individuals who experience ASMR and 290 individuals who do not experience ASMR. There were two personality traits in which the ASMR experiencers scored higher than the non-ASMR experiencers. The first higher trait was openness to experience. This may mean that ASMR experiencers are more likely to exhibit inventiveness and intellectual curiosity, prefer variety over routine, and or 
seek intense and euphoric experiences. The second higher trait for those who experience ASMR was neuroticism. This may mean that ASMR experiencers are more likely to be emotionally reactive, vulnerable to stress, and or often feel threatened. There were three personality traits in which the ASMR experiencers scored lower than the non-ASMR experiencers. The first lower trait was conscientiousness. This may mean that ASMR experiencers are more likely to be easygoing, flexible, spontaneous, careless, and or unreliable at times. The second lower trait was extroversion. This may mean that ASMR experiencers are more likely to be solitary, reserved, reflective, and or aloof. And the third lower trait was agreeableness. This may mean that ASMR experiencers are more likely to be analytical, detached, competitive, and or argumentative. The group of individuals who experienced ASMR in this study also completed a survey about ASMR triggers. The following triggers are ranked from most intense to least intense for their perceived ability to stimulate ASMR-associated tingles. Number one, whispering. Number two, Haircut simulation. Number three, tapping sounds. Number four, scratching sounds. Number five, watching someone touch another person's hair. Number six, watching someone draw. Number seven, watching someone paint. Number eight, watching others apply makeup and or nail polish to another person. Number nine, watching someone touch their own hair. Number ten, watching others open a package. Number 11, watching others apply makeup and or nail polish to themselves. Number 12, dentist simulation. Number 13, chewing sounds.
and number 14, which was the last one, which is therefore ranked as least intense for its perceived ability to stimulate ASMR-associated tingles, is watching others cook. So that overall is just a brief survey about the publication. To go more in-depth, I'm going to share an email interview I did with the lead author, Beverly Fredborg, who prefers to be called Bev. In my interview with Bev, she shares how they recruited participants and determined ASMR sensitivity, what they discovered about personality traits and ASMR triggers, if challenges were encountered in their study, and the focus of their next research publication. To provide an ear-to-ear experience for those of you wearing headphones, you will hear Bev's replies to each of my questions alternate between your right ear and your left ear. I will also include a link to the publication in the show notes, along with a link to the transcript of this interview, in case you want to read either of them on your own. And now, here is my interview with Bev Fredborg. This is your second publication about ASMR. Is this a hopeful sign of many more ASMR research projects and publications in your future? The laboratory of Dr. Stephen Smith at the University of Winnipeg is still abuzz with research activity related to ASMR. So yes, this is a good sign. How did the idea for this study evolve? In 2015, Barrett and Davis published the first study of individuals with ASMR, which served as an inspiration for our work. We wanted to similarly survey individuals with ASMR, but use well-established, valid and reliable test measures to do so, as well as to administer our labs self-created ASMR questionnaire to a large group of people to see if it was a good measure of ASMR triggers. How did you recruit and select the participants? We asked the kind people on the ASMR subreddit to participate, and we had almost 300 people respond. It's wonderful to have so many people interested in spending their time to answer a survey about ASMR. This is exactly how we will learn more about it. How did you determine the ASMR-sensitive participants from the matched controls? We hired a survey company. Qualtrics, to 
find match controls for us who are compensated for their time for completing the survey. We wanted to be sure that they did not have ASMR, so they were asked to watch a popular ASMR video and then answer a few screening questions about their experience while watching the video and about potential past ASMR experiences. It's not a perfect method, but is the best we can do given that so few people know and understand what ASMR is and often confuse ASMR with getting chills, also known as frisson, which appears to be a related yet different concept. What survey tools did you use in this project? In this specific publication, we analyzed data from the Big Five Index and an ASMR checklist that we've created. The Big Five Index is a well-established measure of personality characteristics used by psychologists and researchers around the world. The theory is that one's personality can be characterized by five major factors. Openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. We wanted to see how individuals with ASMR and people without ASMR who are the same age and gender differ on each of these five factors. What associations did you find between personality types and ASMR? We found significant differences between ASMR participants and the control participants on all five factors of the Big Five Index. Specifically, we found that people with ASMR were more likely to report higher levels of neuroticism, as well as openness to experience than control participants, which we had expected based on past research. In contrast, we found that people with ASMR were more likely to report lower levels of conscientiousness, extroversion, and agreeableness than control participants, which we had not expected. The paper, which is freely available, goes into much more detail on what we make of these findings. You also included an ASMR trigger checklist in your survey. How did you select the triggers for that list? We looked at popular ASMR YouTube videos for common triggers. In the Barrett and Davis paper from 2015, in which common ASMR triggers are reported. What did you learn from the answers to the ASMR checklist?
further affirmed that people very much differ on the types of stimuli that trigger their tingles. For instance, most individuals with ASMR appear to be triggered by whispering, but subsets of individuals with ASMR further enjoy tapping noises, watching someone get their nails or makeup done, haircut simulations, watching someone draw, etc. This isn't exactly a surprise. You can tell that people differ on their triggers just by looking at YouTube and seeing the vast number of unique videos. Regardless, it was interesting and valuable to see this reflected in the data. Perhaps further studies could look at why certain videos are triggering and which aren't. What is the threshold at which a video changes from pleasant to ASMR-inducing, and why certain people enjoy certain triggers over others? What challenges did you run into with this study? This study was relatively smooth sailing. We piloted our questionnaire on a small group of people and received a lot of great feedback about small details, which ended up being extraordinarily helpful and is a good practice to get into when doing survey research. When it was time to administer the questionnaire to the kind people on Reddit, we felt confident that we had the finished product we were looking for. We also had a great experience working with the team at the survey company Qualtrics, who provided us with the age and gender match control data in a very reasonable amount of time. What will be the focus of your next ASMR research publication? Hopefully, we'll be able to publish the other half of the data of this project, which focuses on measures of mindfulness. Mindfulness has already been touched upon by other research groups, including Barrett and Davis in their 2015 paper. So getting this data out there is important, as it will further provide a picture of how individuals with ASMR differ from those without it. Well, that concludes my summary and the interview about the third peer-reviewed publication about ASMR. In some future episodes, I'll be sharing some ASMR experiences which you and others have submitted to the Voices of ASMR project. If you've not done so yet, you can go to asmruniversity.com and click the link on the homepage that says Voices of ASMR, or just use the link in the show notes of this episode. And finally, if you are enjoying this podcast, it'd be great if you could write a review on iTunes. You can use the link in the show notes of this episode, or just go directly to iTunes, or to the Apple Podcast app, and click the review button for this podcast. 
I know doing that takes time, so I'll sincerely and personally thank you at the start of a future episode. Until next time, I'm Dr. Craig Richard, and this has been an episode of the ASMR University Podcast.